0: Happy New Year's, Lit Chat viewers. This is PJ. This is Bonnie. And we will be talking about what we read during the holidays. Bonnie, I have something to admit to you. Yeah? I did not read that much during the holidays. My holidays were a bit chaotic because of unforeseen circumstances, but also, I don't know reading was just so, is such a solitary thing to do that. I really just wanted to spend time with my mom as much as I can. So instead of reading, I would be spending time with her. So and I didn't that is read that absolutely
1: much. wonderful. And I have to admit, I didn't read that much over the last three weeks vacation that I've had. I actually only read one book. So the most of the books I've, I'm going to talk about were books that I've read before that I haven't talked about. So oh, So we're both kind of in the same boat this month.
0: All right. Well, and honestly, I I did know that you, whether you had read a lot this time, I knew that you had read other books that you just didn't get a chance to. So um, I felt a little safe not reading that much because I was like, Bonnie's got me covered.
1: (laughs) All right, Bonnie. So this is all you, ma'am. Yeah, okay. Well, I don't remember if I mentioned these or not, but um, Diane Kelly has – she's one that writes several different series of little cozy mysteries and this one i found it's a house flipper mysteries the main character is whitney whitaker she is a young lady who is not yet married obviously because you know we have a romantic figure we have a little romance here she is working as a rental agency kind of maintenance person okay her uncle And dad own a construction company, and her cousin is involved with that. And she helps out with that occasionally, too. She actually helps out on the construction job. So she knows construction and fixing stuff and all this stuff. But the first, she's working with this real estate company, and she's the person who goes around checking on the rental properties when there's an issue or a problem and fixes them or what have you. Okay. You know, or when the people move out, you know, and you have to fix up the place. She's the person that goes in and does it. So, she like there's this house that comes up and she thinks, "Well, maybe we could flip it. Maybe I could talk to my cousin and we could go in together and we could flip this house." And so they they get the financing and everything and they start, and of course, somebody gets killed on the property. You know, so So now we have a murder. Okay, so somebody gets killed in the property. I thought you were going to say someone, like, they found a dead body. Well, no, not in this case. Okay. But somebody got killed, and it happened to be a person who was, like, kind of in competition with her. Oh. Oh. So now this this guy shows up dead on her new property that he had tried to buy— and her cousin is like, oh, my gosh, we're not going to get any money out of this place. But they go ahead and they fix it up. But and is she
0: considered a suspect because yes, of the competition? Yes, she is considered a suspect okay.
1: at first. You always have that. And, of course, Detective Colin Flynn is the young romantic interest. And, of course, he thinks she's a suspect. And they end up, you know, further down the line, they start dating. But she and her cousin now, they go ahead and they they do the work on the house. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And then they decide, we can't sell this house. So she moves into the house with her BFF from high school and another young lady that um, Whitney and Colette move in. And there's another lady, uh, Emily, which works with Colette in a restaurant business. And and so the three of them are sharing the original house, you know, paying the rent, quote unquote. To make up the money that they had to put into this and uh <clears throat> colette wants to be a chef she works in the kitchen but she really wants to be a bona fide chef okay and she has she she's really good cook and of course buck whitney's cousin is the one who's gone in with her on this and now he's always had a crush on colette you know and they're like Just do it. Just kiss her, you know. Don't be stupid. Just stop beating around the bush. Yeah. So anyway, they end up being a little romantic thing going on between them. Um, It takes place in Nashville, or around Nashville. But they have their first house. And then they get their second house. And she goes there to find it and does find a dead body in that one. It's a little cul-de-sac neighborhood. So now you've got the neighbors, you know, okay, who did it, you know. But she still flips that house? Yes, she does manage to flip that house because I guess it's just the area it was in and they could downplay the dead body in that one. I mean, kudos to her because if I found a dead body, there's no way I would be and then they with they that have, house. Then you have one that takes place, they buy an old rundown down motel with a, just across the river from downtown Nashville. And they figure, you know, it'll end up being a high-end apartment. They're, only, they're, they're knocking out some of the walls and making them into condos mm-hmm. and stuff. And, you know, they figure that, um, you know, maybe some music people, some high-end people will live over here in their apartment. And that does turn out to be pretty good. But, of course, semi-famous singer Uh-oh. gets killed in one of the rooms. <laughs> oh, no. And then you have another one where they actually buy an old church. Oh. And they co- they're they going to convert this old church into a music hall. It's outside of Nashville a little bit. The Parsonage, they're going to turn into a little restaurant. Colette's going to be the chef. Oh. So now they're kind of combining everything, you know. So oh, it's it's kind of an interesting little story.
0: Does this series do a good job about, I mean, you have your... Characters that it clearly focuses on, but do you also see a progression of the characters that are not like the friends?
1: Yes, them? you do see that. She's going to build on this. This is how she usually does her stories. Okay, so you it's know, not just you start out on with two few, characters, with two or three people, and okay. then it builds and adds more in that really become a part of the story. And you always have the other characters, the suspects, and of course the dead people. That show up, you know, because these books are all about murdered mysteries. So you always get the little, why was this guy murdered? He was supposed to be a really nice guy, you know, or something.
0: Well, I so just like. You
1: always have that. I end was of just it too.
0: wondering if, you know, the friends still. Because, you know, sometimes they'll mention the, like, you mentioned one character and that character is not really given too much of a story line or they're just. You know, they mentioned them once, so I was just wondering if she was also building some storylines with these friends. But it seems yes. like she
1: is. She is building some story, and and I expect that down the road, Colette and Buck are going to have a have something going on.
0: Oh, nice. You know,
1: so and maybe Colette's going to be involved in something with her cooking. You know, you never know. They may try to say, "Oh, you poisoned somebody or something down the road." So I don't know. You, you just kind of can sort of see that coming. Yeah, but it's a it's a fun little series, and of course, it, it's got its little humorous moments too. That's Hume good and fun. And, and what's the know. first? The first one is called "Dead as a Door Knocker." Okay. That's the house that they couldn't flip. It's got this really weird they talk about this really weird door knocker on the house. It's like a skull on the house. Oh. It's this really weird door knocker. It, that you can't take it off without ruining the door, so they decide to leave it. But
0: how many are in the series?
1: Right now there's four.
0: Okay, so it, it, it's reasonable to get started on the series. Yeah. It's not like it's on not its like 30th, there's twenty fifth. books, okay. yeah. No.
1: Awesome. Um, yeah. So there's, there's four little books to start with, and they're easy reads. They run about 250 pages, so it's not they're not real long, not real convoluted or anything. They're usually kind of straight. They're just little cozy mysteries, under well, mysteries. There's and they're fun to it. I like it. Okay, then I read um, Desperation and Death by J.D. Robb. For those of you who don't know, she has this character who is Eve Dallas, is the head of homicide for New York City and she started out as a very abused child and the reason she's named Eve Dallas is that she was found roaming the streets of Dallas as an eight-year-old so they gave Ooh. her the name Eve because of the first woman and Dallas because of where she was found yeah she made it her life's goal to become a police officer and that's what she did and we're up to like 20-some-odd books now, maybe more than that, maybe 30, in this series. Yeah, a lot more than that. She's been writing for quite a while. Uh, It's uh, Nora Roberts. J.D. Robb is one of her pendings. It takes place in kind of like not real far into the future. We're talking like 2050s, 2060s. Oh. You know, so there's some innovations. Uh Uh-huh. Like, you have drying tubes in your bathroom. You talk to all your fixtures, your house, basically. You just, kind of like Siri does now, you walk in and say, turn on the water, turn on this, turn on the lights, dim the lights, you know. Okay. Um, So you see some of that happening in these books that when she first started writing them, wasn't happening. And now you can see that technology has caught up with her writing.
0: Okay, So it, That's it's cool. kind of
1: fun. They do have some uh, self-driving cars, and her husband, Rourke, is one of the richest guys around, and she has issues with that because of the way she was brought up and poor and abused. And their dynamic is a little funny sometimes because neither one of them are real... I mean, Rourke runs a business and stuff, and he's more outgoing than she is, but... Both of them were brought up in abusive situations by their parents. He was originally a street rat in Dublin, Ireland. And his father, you know, made him go out and steal and pickpocket and all this stuff. And over the years, he learned how to really make money. And originally, you know, his business dealings might have been a little shady. But now they've gotten to be totally legitimate, having married a police officer, he no longer deals in any illegitimacy but they've done stuff like they've opened a home for young ladies who are abused you know, there's a home that they've opened up for that and they've, they've done some other charity work involved with her policing you know, where you run into issues and they both end up helping people
0: oh, that's with good. that
1: so it's kind of good and in this particular book, it's called Desperation in Death And it deals with human trafficking.
0: Oh, that's obviously a hard topic.
1: So it was really, at times, really difficult to read this because you're thinking, how can people do that to children? How can they treat children that way? And in this particular instance, the perpetrator, the bad people, the people who run this organization... The woman who runs the quote-unquote school used to be a bordello owner. owner. Oh. And um, she's basically just continuing on with more financial support. Just a little, instead of running a bordello, she now runs a school to teach girls how to be prostitutes. But it's under the guise of a school. Yes. They use cattle prods and stuff on the girls, To It's just, it was really hard... To read this, but you have two, but, and where they get the girls from was also very disturbing because usually you think of them picking up girls off the street, you know, homeless yeah. girls. No, they were watching other girls that were just walking home from school in their upscale neighborhoods and dragging them off the street. It wasn't like they were keeping them in their neighborhood, they were bringing them to New York. And there was a few other facilities around the world that they had as well.
0: You talk about her catching up with technology, <clears throat> but also she's catching up with, you know, some of the big problems that we're seeing. Trafficking has always happened, right? But it Right, seems it like it seems
1: like it's still going to
0: continue. But I think people are now more aware mm-hmm. of what trafficking is where back then it might have not been. And I think that now there's more of a presence. I feel like now you have to be very careful and that's always the presence of like, is this person trying to traffic me? The other day I was at a store. It was six o'clock, but you know how it's been getting dark lately. It wasn't that I was out late at night, but it just happened to get dark. And I got in my car and I had some woman drive by, and asked me to lower my window. And so I slightly lowered it. And I was like, yes, can I help you? And she's like, oh, um, could you help me? Because me and my son, we need help. But the thing is, like, her son, the back seat was all the way down. So I couldn't even tell. Like, is that a kid? Is that a man? Right. So it was one of those things where I was like, oh, I'm, I'm sorry. Like, I, I can't. So I was like, I'm not about to get
1: off the car. You never know. And you just never know. That's just it. And in this story, some of the women working with these girls were worse than some of the men. Because it was was almost like they got a thrill out of reprimanding these girls and treating them nasty. And you're like, you're supposed to be the more nurturing part of this. And you're not. You're worse.
0: Also, you're like, you're a female,
1: you know? You're doing this to another female. Like, how? Yes. And it was... But you had these two particular young ladies. They tried to make them forget who they were. Mm -hmm. That was the first thing. They gave them new names and tried to make them forget who they were. Yeah. But these two girls managed to... The one was extremely smart... Her parents, I know the area, they lived in Bryn Mawr, Pennsylvania, Hmm. which was its higher economic area. There's a college there and this young lady was smart and they basically just followed her around for a couple of weeks and then found a spot to pick her up because of course they only pick beautiful young ladies too. They have to have a certain look. And the other young lady was a runaway They picked her up off the street, but she was a gorgeous young lady. The two of these managed to sort of become friends, but it was hard to become friends because you weren't allowed to talk. Yeah. But, and this is going to be hard for some people, they taught these girls how to have sex. In doing that, they were having sex with each other. And that was extremely difficult to read about. Yeah. Yeah. But in one instance, the one girl is saying, You gotta fake it, you gotta fake it, you know, or we're gonna get in trouble.
0: Yeah,
1: and she said, Meet me at such and such a place. And then she talked to her, and they devised an escape plan, and they actually almost got away. Oh, the one did get away, the okay. street girl did manage to get away, but only because. She got hurt trying to escape, and she fell and sprained her ankle very badly and couldn't run. So the other girl kind of hid her away, and then when they were chasing them, she took off running, and they caught her, and they killed her. And then they moved her body into the city, and that's where Eve Dallas comes in, because now she is the homicide detective that was called when the body was found. But there were just so many things of... This was staged. This was such a staged thing that she knew that this wasn't what it looked like. So then they start digging and find this trafficking thing going on. But they have to find the school. And they do manage to do that. But it's just the different things that they put these girls through was just so horrifying.
0: And I would say, you know, I read The Wolf's Den, which is about a brothel in ancient Rome and some of the stuff there was hard to read too but I feel like the author did a good job of putting enough detail because let's face it brothels were not happy places right so she put enough detail in there to really show us what it was like for these women to live in brothels but she didn't overdo it There was just a fine line, and I feel like when you're talking about something like this. These
1: girls, once they were quote unquote trained, were auctioned off.
0: Well, but I feel like with this, this is what actually happens, and what I appreciate about the author is that she could have made it, she could have not included these details. But I think that in some way, like, you wouldn't be really telling the story of the character. No, you couldn't
1: tell this, you couldn't tell this story of these two girls without this horrific detail. And it, it is, it's very difficult to read. But i I wish more people would read it because this is the kind of stuff that goes on in our world. And that's what I was going to say. And... If you don't know that it goes on, you can't be aware when something may happen around you that possibly you could stop. Yeah. You know, so it's just, um, I do love her books. She she does get down to the nitty-gritty of Eve Dallas is a homicide detective. She deals in death. That's why all of her books have in-death in them. But the stories that she tells are very true to life. Relevant and, too. And very relevant. And uh, and some of them deal with her relationship with her husband. You know, the fact that he is this fantastic businessman. And um, she's got a, sometimes it's the business world that and is. I have to say,
0: I have not read Nora Roberts. Not that I have anything against. It's just not my genre, right? I obviously knew Nora Roberts was J.D. Robb. But had I not known this, There's no way I would have thought Nora Roberts would have written a book like this because it's just so different from the rest of the writing that most people know. It's extremely
1: different from her writing as Nora Roberts.
0: It's easy to maybe think that Nora Roberts is just based on like one genre, and but like she has range. She has
1: range. Yes, she does. She started out as a romance writer, which call your bodice rippers. She started out that way. Um, then she kind of went into the suspense romance. That's when I first started reading her. Was somebody recommended one of her suspense romances, and I thought, "Ooh, this is really good." And she also does some fantasy stuff where she writes about the Irish magic, and and she she has several series um, that she, little trilogies that she's written with that. So J.D. Robb's In Death series is just I find it fantastic. She really has built and built and built on her characters because we're up to 40 some books here. She started out, you know, with Eve Dallas and Rourke and Eve's best friend and now they've just bloomed and blossomed and there are so many more friends and in different ways. They range from the street urchin to the high-end executive. And And, you know, side note, but I think she did
0: a really smart move by calling yourself G.D. Rob because I think most people would have pigeonholed her oh, yeah. as a romance. She, they,
1: if she had tried to write these books as Nora Roberts they never would have flown. She yeah. had to change her name to write these books. And I'm so glad she did because when I found them I was like, "Oh, this is really good. And now I just, I wait on with bated breath for the next book to come out.
0: Well and also, as you had mentioned before, I'm as hard as this book is, these are the books that maybe are needed because maybe people will sometimes realize what to look, you know, they'll avoid a situation. sticky situations. But also, you know, maybe they'll want to act or do something to help with this problem that is so big. So yeah, it's, it's bittersweet because it's hard to read, but at the same time, here's hoping some
1: good comes out of it. I had one more book that I read. It's called The Hunting Party by Lucy Foley. It is about a group of friends who get together for New Year's Eve, and apparently this is something they do every year. A different person in their group, they were college friends, and they have stayed together for now going on 15 to 20 years, depending on where they met. And in England, they went to Oxford, so they're all pretty smart people. You have several couples. You have Emma and Mark, but Mark has a crush on Miranda. You have Miranda and Julian. Miranda is always the instigator of things. She always has to be the one everybody is paying attention to. Okay. She has to be, she instigates all of the, the party stuff.
0: So I feel like you are um, alluding to the fact that are these like it seems like these friends are somewhat toxic or there's they're,
1: well they're not... they yes they are toxic. okay <laughs> okay um, Miranda ends up marrying Julian who is a guy who tried to get her to date him in college and finally she did and they end up married not a particularly great marriage Emma and Mark end up married but like I said Mark has a friend of Julian's who always had a crush on Miranda. Oh, no. Nick and Bo are our gay couple. Samira and Giles. Katie, Samira, and Miranda were like the clique in college. Okay. And Samira marries Giles, who is someone else, and they have a baby now. So they're the parents. And Katie is the, the one person out. She is the only one that's not married, but she still goes on these group things and she's always the odd person out, you know, because everybody else is married to each other. But they always have this New Year's get together and different people pick the times, pick the places and where to go. And Emma's picked this year, she picks the Scottish Highlands Wilderness. There is this place out in the middle of nowhere that, she picks. Did They get up there. The whole book takes place. It starts on December 30th and ends on January 2nd. Oh, my goodness. Those are a couple um, of days of packed action. I know. Yes. Um, they get to the lodge up in this next to this loch in the Scottish Highlands. And, of course, it's snow. It starts to snow, and now they're snowed in.
0: I just need you to know that the more you're telling me about this, the more I'm like, stressed out because i'm like oh no like first i was like how beautiful the like scenery right but then it's the hunting and you also have
1: heather who is the the lodge manager you have doug who is the gamekeeper but he also has ptsd from being in the war and you have ian who is a local guy who comes in and helps at the lodge and they talk about the owner But you never get the owner's name. You never hear it. But they call the owner when the problem occurs. Okay. So you're going along and you can just tell that these friends aren't really friends anymore. Oh. They have kind of drifted drifted apart. Okay. But yet they're trying to make the best of this holiday weekend. Now you've got the parents who they brought their baby with them. I mean, no, I'm just like, OK, fine. You brought your baby. So now they're kind of killjoys with some stuff. They don't want to get involved. Yeah. Katie was originally thought of as Miranda's project. Oh, because Miranda saw Katie when she first gets to college and she always had to have basically someone to look up to her. And she picked Katie, and of course, Katie kind of led her through college. And she would, like, give Katie her hand-me-down clothes, you know, her dresses. Like, if they needed to dress up, she would supply Katie with the dress. It was still like high school drama, like young girls. But this was, like, college. Yeah. But as the story goes on, you find, oh, there's secrets upon secrets upon secrets upon secrets that everybody has been keeping from everybody. We have affairs <gasps> with different husbands and wives.
0: Mm-mm, but very
1: early in the morning on New Year's Day, everyone who wasn't passed out stayed up all night. Except for the parents with the baby. They, yeah. They go back and they're out of it, kind of. Okay. They aren't involved in all the other drama that's going on. One of them disappears. Ooh. mm But we do not find out who it is until the very end of the book. Oh, they keep, Lucy Foley keeps you guessing through the whole book. Because the way she writes it, she writes it with Heather and Doug going out and doing the searching. They Uh can't let the, and it's in the snowstorm, you know, there's been dumps of snow. And finally, Doug, at the very first chapter Doug has come back and said, I found the body, but now we have to get you to why he was looking for the body, right? <gasps> so it's written as kind of a, starts out with December 30th, and we have Emma telling her part of her story yeah. with Miranda and then Katie and how, why they're here and why they're on the train going up to this the lot and stuff. Then the guys get involved. She takes you back and forth in time over those three days. Like we start with December, we start with January 2nd when Doug finds the body. Uh Uh-huh. But then we go to December 30th when they're first arriving. Emma will say some and say how she feels. So you're getting the perspective of all the characters. You're getting the perspective of all the characters from the different characters and how they feel about this particular character or that particular person. And this sounds um, good. Did you like it? I loved it. Oh, I loved it. When I first read it, the hunting party and the fact that they were stuck in this lodge in the middle of nowhere in a snowstorm. I was thinking of Agatha Christie's ABC murders. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) you know, where you're kind of there's this just this little group of people and it has to be one of them. Yeah. I wasn't real thrilled with the ending, but I could see the ending. Okay, I was just like, oh. Because when you finally find out who did it. You didn't um, get the satisfaction that you you wanted. You didn't get the satisfaction. But then other things happen with other people and you're like, yay for that one. And you're just like, I'm glad that that happened too. And then you're saying, and that one deserved everything it got. That person deserved everything they got. But I was really surprised at who it ended up being and who the murder victim was. It was it kept you on the edge of your seat through mean, the whole book. I mean
0: you've so, got yes. me
1: intrigued. I'm definitely going to read this book. It's one of the ones that I got here as my freebie for summer reading. Oh. So, nice. yes, it is very good. So I may pick up some more of Lucy Foley's books because
0: you know, I have seen a lot of Lucy Foley lately. She is one of the ones that I've seen new books come out, and people just request them a lot. Uh-huh. There's a cover that I'm pretty sure
1: I have seen of her most recent book. It's called The Guest List, I think, is her most recent one. Yes. i give you a little excerpt in the back. I have a tendency not to read those. I don't read the excerpts because I don't want to get caught up in something and then not be able to finish it right away. So I just don't read those. But
0: did you read the back of this book?
1: Yes, I did.
0: Reminiscent of Agatha Christie at her best with an extra dose of acid, Alex Michaelides, author of the number one New York Times bestseller, The Silent Patient, that we
1: both really liked. Yes. So, yes. And I told you, when I was reading, you know, what the book was about, I thought, my immediate thought was, Agatha Christie, ABC murders. They're in this little mansion, and it's got to be one of them, right? Yeah. And it was good. I really liked it.
0: Well, thank you. I am going to definitely read it. I could tell that you were excited about it. <laughs> and the more you were seeing I was like, ooh, yes. Like, the more I was like, ooh, now I want to know. But the, just the amount
1: of secrets upon secrets upon secrets. Oh, my gosh, something's going to boil over really bad. And it did.
0: So, what you're saying is, this is a lesson for 2023. If you have toxic friendships, get rid of them so that. Right. 2023, <laughs> good vibes, no toxic friendships, okay, guys? <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, Bonnie, for uh, sharing your reads, some really interesting reads. Thank you for lending me the hunting party. I'm definitely going to read it. Next month we will be doing group choice, and it will be The Familiars by Stacy Hall's. We'll be having lit chat in person
1: this coming Thursday, which the Thursday date is. actually is going to be the today is the fifth, so it would be the twelfth.
0: Yes, so
1: we look forward Thursday the twelfth to you
0: guys telling us what you're reading, and if you can join us, by all means, please join us. Till we meet again, this is PJ. And this is Bonnie. Bye, guys.